Welcome to BMI Redefined with Gin and Mo. Let's do this. Oh yeah, let's do this. Okay. So Gin, I love acronyms. Ooh. Bema. <laughs> Bema. Bema. Saba. Do you know what Saba is? No what? Starbucks. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. so BMI and what exactly is BMI? Can you explain that to everyone? Well, actually. BMI was the basis for the beginning of our friendship. Oh, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. This was why we got together um, mm-hmm. as, as trainers and, and friends and workout buddies and all that, when the beginning was really due to BMI. So actually, BMI is the ratio of weight to one's height squared. So it was founded originally by a mathematician and astronomer who was sanctioned by the government 200 years ago to come up with a metric for allocating governmental resource funding. So he developed this metric and actually squared the height to make the formula actually fit the data points that they were already gathering. And one thing he warned us about though was to never use this formula or this metric to measure an individual's weight, fatness, or fitness. Which is what we do all the time. I mean, I grew up knowing what BMI was. Exactly. So the CDC even makes recommendations for weight gain or loss based on the BMI calculation. So it's interesting just people that I run across or come into contact with, um, have quite a few friends that are athletes or fitness professionals, what have you, in the training industry, and many of them have BMIs that would indicate they are obese, yet they have less than 10% body fat. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that the BMI is really physiologically wrong in that perspective because people who are working toward a healthier lifestyle Mm -hmm. may very well have greater bone density, stronger bones, um, greater lean muscle mass. They might have a a lower body fat percentage. They might have their tissues fully hydrated to where water, which we know makes up a part of our actual weight. So would that explain when I work out, I just feel like, okay, I've got this. I've probably lost 10 pounds. And then again, the scale, and I'm like, what? <laughs> well, there is yeah. the whole discussion, and we will have this in, in a future episode as well, about comparing the weight of fat and the weight of lean muscle mass, because it does make a difference. So I know like these people that I was talking about that do have very low body fat percentages and great lean muscle mass still have BMIs that say they're obese, when obviously they're not. And so mm-hmm. really not scientifically supported and physiologically wrong in this calculation. So, you know, that's where we just kind of get into this discussion though. I mean, when you look at BMI from this perspective on what is actually supposed to tell us, but in actuality is not, what does that mean to you? What what experience have you had with BMI? Oh, my whole life. Um, So my story is going to be talking a lot about weight, obviously, for me personally. And where I started, what I've been through, where I'm at now. Well, you're a hottie now. Aw, thanks. I think I am. No. (laughs) But even though I've had bariatric surgery, 
I'm still on a path of finding who I am. And that will never stop that journey. So where does BMI begin for me is a very easy question. Where has BMI ended for me? I don't know the answer to that yet. And I don't think we will know the answer for a while. No. And so where it started was I was about six or seven years old, and I had... Um, I was going up and down the hill, I was playing, and I was a very active child, extremely active child. Like, I would have been the one who was doing soccer and touch football and and running around, uh, you know, kickball and things like that. Even though I was a chunky kid, I was still very active. And I remember vividly, I was seven years old, and I was running up the hill, and I felt like this deep, it was like a deep toothache, like a deep ache in my right hip. And I was like, what is that? And then I limped all the way from that hill back home. And I'm like, mom, you know, mommy, I'm probably sure I said that. I, you know, I hurt myself, you know, I'm hurt. And we kept an eye on it. Finally, it never, it wasn't going away. So we went to the doctor and, um, you know, I mean, I was in and out of the hospital, children's hospitals. Uh, I was in and out of, um, uh, a wheelchair and I was on crutches and I was in a sling all the way from first end of kindergarten through first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, I was in a wheelchair the entire year. And I even did homeschooling for six, uh, six months because, um, in second grade because of my hip disorder. And basically Perthes disease is a uh, it's kind of like hip dysplasia, except it really, it can be bilateral, but it usually affects one hip. And it's where the socket is totally fine, but the ball is deformed, so it doesn't fit into that socket. And this was early on in the 70s, so it was, they didn't really know what to do with this. So anyway, um, you know, I remember going to the doctor, the osteopathic uh, doctor, and the first thing I remember him saying to my mom is, after doing all the tests and everything, you know, she should lose some weight because some of that weight off the hip will help it, you know. And not everybody who has legs perthes disease has a weight issue. Um, so, you know, that may have helped it, it may not have. They didn't know back then. And so, um, you know, so, and, and I, I, I understood that. I mean, any weight taken off a joint is going to help it. And my primary doctor... Um, you know, they would weigh me, you know, the nurse would take me behind a screen and weigh me. And I never forgot, she wrote down on the paper, obese. And I was like in first grade. And I, and, and I didn't really know what that was, but. She wrote the word obese on your chart? Right next to my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I remember, you know, asking my mom, you know, questions. And she says, well, we just, we need to. We need to start, you know, losing some weight, and I'll do it with you. I need to lose some weight too, and we can do it together. And so that's kind of where we bonded. We bonded by going to different meetings and things like that. We'll talk about that later. Um, but um, you know, again, though, elementary school. Even though I went to a very wonderful elementary school, everyone was, you know, really great, very loving, very nurturing. But it was still humiliating going to gym class. Um, you know, and being in my wheelchair in fourth grade and being, uh, you know, having to go down the hall and the crutches and everything. It was just, it was, it was a different childhood for me and it wasn't definitely not normal. 
And, um, you know, so I started out with, you know, obese. And then as I got older, it was just became morbidly obese. And, you know, so the numbers, I mean, I remember the numbers of BMI, 39, 42. My highest BMI, and remember, I'm five feet tall. My highest BMI in my whole entire life was 54.7. I think that's about 275, 280. And that was when I was in my 20s. And so I, I just feel like I never won. I never won with weight. I never won the fight. And, and I understand, you know, the numbers. I understand the, you know, the whole BMI thing. But it's really, those numbers really affected my life because, because people looked at those numbers, not necessarily me, but people like doctors and, you know, they looked at those numbers and, and I, and I, and I know why, I mean, they have to look at those numbers. That's how they, you know, that's how they treat people. That's how I feel. Yeah. But really from the very beginning over 200 years ago, that was not the intent. No. For BMI. Right. So, so what I would like to know is who made that rule that the doctors have to use BMI? Well, certainly in the fitness industry, we are not about the numbers and all right. that. I mean, we, we measure and all that, initial meetings with clients, right. whatever, but really there's much more to the picture. Right, and right, exactly. And as a kiddo going in and being told that you have to lose weight and you have to do this and that and da-da-da, it's, it's hard. It's, it is, it's almost devastating. It, it crushes you you know, because then that's the only thing that's on your mind. And no matter how nice a person says it, it's on your mind, you know? Um, so this path began as being obese and you can't, you're not supposed to be obese and obese is a bad word. And, and if, if you don't lose weight, certain things aren't going to happen in your life. And I mean, all, you just hear different things. And currently, I am still five feet tall. I haven't shrunk at all, even though my stepkids tell me I've shrunk. They're like, I think you've shrunk. I'm like, I have not shrunk at all. Maybe in weight, but not in height. Go away. <laughs> and so I'm currently at 32.4. And I'm, but, but on the BMI chart, I'm considered overweight. You're still a hottie. No, oh, thanks. So recently, remember... We looked at some other measurements, and we actually did an analysis where we looked at your percentage water in your body, um, your lean muscle mass, which was increasing. Mm -hmm. It's been great. Mm -hmm. um, how your body fat percentage had lowered and all that. So, yeah, BMI is not measuring all that, Mo. It's it's a number that was, like, like we talked about, designed over 200 years ago for a government allocation, and it is not an indicator of... You know what we're talking about here like healthy lifestyle and and seeing what how we perceive our bodies and how others perceive us so what do you think what are we gonna do yeah. with this yeah. what do you think it really stands for well I mean I am you know I'm still thinking about that BMI number you know I still think about it and I still use it in my daily life and I use it as, I know, I know, I'm going to be in trouble for saying the next thing I'm about to say, too, even worse. Right. So hold on a second. So uh, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to say it. Go for it. Um, but, you know, okay, so I weigh myself every day. You do not. Still, yeah. And 
I know, you know, and I'm trying not to be about the number. I'm trying not to be, you know, okay, the BMI, the scale and everything. I'm trying to be more about the body and the mind and the image of what you, you know, you, me as an individual wants. And, you know, so, so body, mind and image of what, of what we expect of ourselves, right? And and of what we want, not expect, of what we want right. for ourselves. I mean, we don't want the number. We don't want the, for anything. We want to feel healthy. We want to feel good. I mean, I've, I, I know that at 250 pounds and 150 pounds, I still have the same issues. <laughs> no comment. <I'm> st- <laughs> Glad you can laugh. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could ask anyone in my life, even you, uh, that, you know, things, you know, haven't changed dramatically. What's changed is that I'm smaller, you know. Um, I show people my a picture of me from before my bariatric surgery, and they're like, wow, we didn't even know you were that big. And it's like, yeah, I was, because they didn't look at me like that. They looked at my my mind and my personality and what I have to offer as an individual. And that's what I want to be focusing on, I guess. And that's what I want this podcast to maybe, you know, promote. So, I don't know. Absolutely. So, I have a little story, too, and it has to do with my original trainer named Matt. And really, you could say Matt in the mirror. Hey! <laughs> Matt in the mirror. That reminds me of a that reminds me of a song. Well, let's see, how does it go? It's I, I think it's Michael Jackson. Wait, what is it? I'm starting with a Matt in the mirror. Oh yeah, I'm asking him to change his ways. Ooh, ooh. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Ow! Oh, love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back to me, yes. So <laughs> Matt in the mirror. Matt in the mirror. So no. okay, go ahead. So we, yeah, we were living in Cincinnati. And I was working on this book that I've been writing even before that. We we're living in Virginia. Um, I was in a, a rather near fatal car wreck, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about it in a later show. But it took me twelve surgeries and six years of my life to recover from all that. And mm-hmm. during that time, I kind of felt inspired to start writing and maybe write some inspirational works to help people better deal with or overcome some of their challenges. And in the meantime, though, I'm a night person. Mm-hmm. and I'm know? not. You're not? I'm a total morning person. Well, do you know what night people do? Uh, <laughs> no. When they're awake, like, almost all night, and they're writing or working on something. Snacking. Of course. Right. Yes. So... Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've been doing a little snacking and... Okay, so what were you snacking on? Gorp. Okay, what is Gorp? <laughs> How do you spell that? G-O-R-P. It's an acronym. Oh, I love acronyms. Okay, Gorp. what's Gorp? Good old raisins and peanuts. Okay, now wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You're snacking on Gorp. Well, I write... Yeah, okay, and so what's wrong with snacking on gore? Well, it Sounds healthy some, to me. It has some M&Ms in there, but really, it's really trail mix. So from my backpacking days, that's what we would eat before we, like, climb a mountain. Not sitting on a chair in the office. Okay, so, so let, me, <laughs> let, me just, let me just set something straight for you. 
So I am also a snacker. (laughs) But I would never snack on Gorp (laughs) and think that that's a bad thing. Okay? I would think, oh, Gorp, okay, great. My type of snacking is like cookies and pies and cakes (laughs) and bags of M&Ms and we'll throw in some chips. Of course, that's probably how I got to where I was. But... But I'll tell you what, that is, that, yeah, that's nuts. No, no pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> okay, but, you know, but, but there are people like, like, I, I don't understand you people. So I have a friend who was going through something quite devastating, and I don't mean to minimize that at all whatsoever. But I said, is there anything, I'm going to the stores or anything that you want, you know, anything? And she's like, I just want some bananas. <laughs> and I'm like, Bananas? Where are the cakes? Where's I, I'll get you a chocolate cake. I'll get you some chocolate chip cookies. I'll get you some lemon pie. What? She wanted bananas. So it just shows that we're all different, right? Yeah. yeah. There are different perceptions. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I may have missed this, but did you did you say, did you gain weight with Gorp? Absolutely. Did you say this already? No, okay. I haven't said this because... Okay. Really, because you're eating something that you should be consuming about while you're about to climb a mountain, not sitting in a chair or writing a book. It two in the morning so I gained a few pounds uh yeah a few pounds what's a few pounds 50 wow eating gorp (laughs) I mean that's even fun (laughs) it was a lot of gorp (laughs) so we I mean I only gained 50 pounds seriously okay go ahead fast I don't think we can be friends So we moved to St. Louis. Yeah. And I remember it was New Year's morning and like right after we'd moved in. And my husband, I was making some coffee, and he comes over and says, You know, you could join a gym if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't laughing when he said it. And then he said, Really, you could get a trainer. I said, Well, yeah, I'll get one for the kids, for the family. We can all do it. He said, No, no, just for you. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive and living, and everything's good. Sure. Um, good. But his point to me was he was trying to tell me that I had put on some weight. I thought that I was rocking the layers and everything, mm-hmm. but yeah, not really. No. So I went over to the gym and to the J and met up with Matt, and we started working out and lost the weight, gained the muscle, mm-hmm. gained a lot of knowledge. He was he was very inspirational, and he taught me about don't start singing again. But the, and not that I don't love your singing. I know I won't. The go mirror. Ahead. Yeah. And so, so <laughs> no, he, he taught me about don't weigh, he made me weigh in the beginning just so we get a baseline. Sure. But he said, overall, is how are your clothes fitting? Mm-hmm. He taught me about like metabolically what, when to eat, what to eat before different activities to where you become where you wake up thinking about what's my day look like today. Mm-hmm. And when is my workout? And mm-hmm. is it, you know, physical, mental, spiritual workout? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And so preparing for that. And so he really taught me about the importance of the mirror mm-hmm. and how close. And so we had a tangible goal, goal to get back into my skinny jeans, that kind of thing, did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's all about the mirror. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying from a vanity, it was my makeup perfect, but I am known for wearing makeup mascara in the gym. But anyway. Right. <laughs> If I was late for a workout, he's like, oh, fixing your lipstick. I said, yeah. Yeah, hello. I put my liner on. Go ahead. But really, you know, that's what what it's about. And so Mm -hmm. another thing along the same line, though, we're talking about perceptions and perspectives Mm -hmm. and and what we feel others are thinking about us. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that, that car wreck and... 
those 12 surgeries during those six years left quite a few scars. Um, I'm literally physical, physical, physical scars, yeah, yeah. and mental, emotional. of course. Um, right. But when I look in the mirror, Mo, that's what my eyes gravitate toward mm-hmm. is the scars. And I've had so many people in my life say, oh, well, I never noticed. Oh, I would have never known. Because I, I too, was in a wheelchair for a while and had to learn to walk again and all that. And and so when people hear your story, my story kind of things, they would look at us now and say, really? I wouldn't have known. So I just have a quick question for you. This has nothing to do probably with anything. But when you were in the wheelchair, did people look at you differently? They would not look me in the eye. Me either. They would look up or down at their feet. Yep. And do you make an effort to look at people in the eye? Yes. And talk to them? Yes. Me too. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know how it felt. Yeah. You feel kind of invisible at times. Yes. And so... um, Sorry to derail, but I thought that's That's a good point. That's a good point. So, you know, it's it's about... It's about perspectives and perceptions and what do we see in ourselves and what are others seeing in us and it's not about the scars the physical the emotional it's not about the bmi as far as body mass index there's so much more to every single person Mm -hmm. than those images or numbers right and those perspectives and perceptions are actually perceptions of others is what really fed into my life Unfortunately, yeah. you know, and it started off with those people and not just doctors. It was, it was probably other people who were concerned about my weight, especially my mom and my dad too, about those perceptions of those people put on to me to be like, oh, I need to be worried about my weight. I need to do something about my weight. Unfortunately, this started in first grade with, like I said before, with tops and Weight Watchers and everything like that. So I went to an eating disorder clinic where I went in and thinking, oh, you know, I had this eating disorder, which I did. I mean, I was obese. And I sat down with all these wonderful women around this table. And some were bulimic, some were obese. And I would say that we we all joined in a meal together. We all had to eat. And I remember our first meal together. I was sitting there and I had, you know, I was being good. I had my salad and my drink and I had a couple crackers. <laughs> and then the people across from me um, who were, who were, you know, the bulimic women. It was funny, you know, we, well, we were all, we were all intermixed. But they were eating their, you know, half a cup of cottage cheese and their little cracker, you know. And I remember being done with everything like in a second. We were supposed to have a half an hour to eat because we were supposed to understand that it wasn't about the food. It was about the community and the talking and everything. Mm-hmm. And the half an hour was over, 30 minutes was done, and they still weren't finished. And I'm just like, um, I can help you with that so we can get out of here. You know, I didn't say that, but, you know, um, I think actually maybe I did say that. Telling you, you probably said that. I probably did say that. <laughs> and, um, but that place was really good for me. It was wonderful for me because it was, and I wasn't inpatient or anything. I, I would go for a couple of hours at night and, you know, and, and that was it. But... It was really great for me to be with those women. And I'm still friends with those women. Cool. And, um, you know, it taught me that we all struggle with image. We all struggle with ourselves. And I remember looking at all these amazing, accomplished women, uh, you know, moms and 
daughters and wives and and I thought to myself you know you all look great why are you you know why are you here why are we here you know we really do have really good lives and you know who told you or who told us at one point that in our lives that we weren't enough because that's I think really what it comes down to is being enough being comfortable with your body being comfortable with your thoughts and being comfortable with yourself you know your perception of you is really what matters okay so it's not just maintaining a body image but it's finding a healthy lifestyle and and realizing that when you see yourself you know what are your thoughts and how do you feel that's really what it's all about. We're here, Mo and Jen, here to help you improve your lifelong perspectives and perceptions because you are enough. We did it. High fives. High fives. Woohoo! Loved connecting with you guys. Excited to talk with our guests and listeners in the next podcast. So tune in next time for new inspiration on BMI Redefined with Jen and Moe.